This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up, Malaysia has bagged its first ever esports medal at the Asia Games. So, the Games, of course, are currently ongoing in Hangzhou, China, uh, and it's on till the 8th of October. And on Tuesday, Malaysia secured its first ever medal um, this is actually in particular the Arena of Valor team. So they placed second. They took home the silver medal after China's home team uh, got the gold. So this um, happened after Malaysia had moved on to the final round of the Asian Games. They beat Thailand and Vietnam um, and essentially makes us the Southeast Asian champions of the AESF Road to Asian Games. So big news, um, quite exciting, particularly for those in the esports arena, especially because this is the first time esports is being included in the Asia Games. Um, but as I said earlier, not a lot of publicity outside of those who are already sort of in the know, it feels like. I wonder if sports has a kind of hierarchy, at least for uh, spectators and maybe even for uh, the national leadership. You know, when they think of the big ticket games, they're the ones who always get all the kudos and uh, maybe the attention. And there might be games that are only just emerging. I think maybe eGames is suffering from the fact that it is, in fact, a new event, uh, one that many people don't even think of as uh, particularly sporty. So... For what it's worth, I suppose the fact that the Asia Games um, has in fact made space for esports and in fact is featuring seven different games in the competition, including League of Legends, Street Fighter V, uh, EA Sports FC Online, Dota 2, as well as Arena of Valor, where we won our medal. Um, it is, I think, a signifier of changing times. I feel that uh, placing esports on the same platform as other quote-unquote physical sports uh, perhaps does mean that the way we even think about sports is changing. Yeah, no, I must admit that many of the games that you listed out, the seven categories, sound like uh, fantasy movies. <laughs> Sharad, I think we can be upfront. Neither you nor I are anything more than casual, casual observers, observers of this esport um, for Phenomenon, but I'm actually really keen to know more. I, me too. I mean, I think in some sense, uh, because, and I believe it was during the time of Said Sadiq as Minister of Sports and Youth that he kind of made a, uh, um, he championed the, you know, esports. And I think that raised it in the national, um, you know, uh, it became much more visible. And there was, in fact, a discussion. I just remember all the, in some sense, all the negative uh, associations that uh, this kind of activity had, especially in its inception around uh, stories of people spending far too much time on it, so people dropping dead. No, that, that's it. exactly so. it, I think. I think also um, because of that kind of negative association with gamers and um, kids just spending too much time in front of their screens, um, there is a, a sort of... Per- a negativity associated with esports that your more traditional sports don't have. In fact, traditional sports are often lauded as a great pastime for young people to get involved in. Um, whereas esports is often viewed with either open animosity or maybe just people don't understand it. How can it be a quote unquote sport, right? Um, so we will be hearing 
more about this from someone who, unlike us, really knows about esports. Uh, Mohamed Farooq Abdul Pata, who is president of the Malaysia Esports Players Association, he's in fact in Hangzhou right now. Um, will be joining us after the break. But we want to know for uh, we want to hear from you. Do you agree with esports being included alongside physical sports? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 5.13. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We are talking about esports um, because Malaysia has placed, has um, gotten its first ever medal at the Asia Games, uh, a silver medal uh, for the Arena of Valor contingent. Um, and so we are both celebrating that and asking you, do you agree with esports being included alongside physical sports? You can call 777-332-900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018. 018- 87898899 tweeters at bfm radio joining us now is mohammad farooq abdul pata president of malaysia esports players association who is currently in hangzhou uh, china with the malaysian esports contingent farooq thanks for speaking with us today Hi, thank you so much for having me. So as I said, uh, we've bagged um, our first ever medal for esports at the asian games. Tell us how the f- uh, team felt after winning the silver. Now, I did have the opportunity to actually have a meet with them after the medal ceremony and they looked happy and they've shared their happiness being able to contribute a medal. And of course, they were, of course, they had concerns that, you know, being in on such a big stage when it comes to an official medal event, it's quite nervous for them. But I believe that they've done their level best and proven themselves to be worthy of bringing back a medal for our country. Now, Farag, I understand uh, we have a standard chance to win another medal. This is for the Dota 2 team, uh, which is currently in the quarterfinals. Uh, what can we expect from the team and how difficult will it be for them to win? Wow. Um, talking about that, yes, you're right. Uh, our Dota 2 team currently has uh, gotten themselves a free pass where they're not required to actually go to the group stage and they are in the quarter finals uh, stage where they'll be going up against Kingdom of Saudi Arabia at 2 p.m. tomorrow uh, with hopes that if they win that, they will be able to 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 win that and move forward to the semifinals and, they, um, and probably meet with the winners for the quarterfinals one. Now, from that matchup, um, it would determine whether or not they'll be going to the finals and get minimum chance of getting a silver and... Or if they lose on that one, you know, the best we can actually get is probably a bronze medal. Now, in terms of how difficult it will be, um, it's tough to say. Uh, but uh, trust me on this, I believe that a lot of people are putting a lot of uh, faith in this team because for the first time ever, we're looking at quite an all-star team for this Dota 2 contingent. And we do hope that they're able to actually bring back home the goal for Malaysia. Now, we did say earlier that we won the silver for Arena Valor. The gold was backed by China. And China is known to be the best country when it comes to competitive esports. Where would you rank Malaysia against them? Um, well, yeah, I would I would put China as number one in the rankings. Uh, as for Malaysia, I don't think we're too far off in, in the ranks because um, if we look at our performance right now compared to the other Southeast Asia teams, which are, com- which are competing in the Asian Games, we're doing quite well. I would say we're second in Southeast Asia, but in terms of ranking overall, I think we're somewhere in um, um, fourth or fifth 
I would I would dare say fifth uh, right now in, in terms of all the countries participating for esports. For that seems quite amazing. When you know uh, China is a country of over a billion people, how did Malaysia, with our thirty-two million population, come to be so good uh, at esports? Um, on that, uh, some of the game titles that are being offered for esports this time, um, out of the seven game titles, we are uh, one of the top teams, I would say, in terms of world rankings and performance on an international level for these games. Um, so that's why I would place them actually in a quite a very high rank. Um, but most of the time, we do play around within the Southeast Asia region rather than going up against Asia as a whole. So we now at this time about we are going up against uh, teams from uh, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. We have Korea, we have uh, Chinese Taipei, Japan, and China, and a lot more other countries. So it's a it's a different ball game altogether. And this is an opportunity to see how well do we fare within a bigger region compared to Southeast Asia right now. So actually, uh, we've been asking our listeners whether they um, consider esports uh, to be in the same level as physical sports. We have a message from Andrew saying, it seems like the question is whether we agree that sports are the terrain of athletes. For me, esports would fit better as a game than a sport under the same umbrella of chess. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I totally understand where people come from when they get those kind of insights. Yes, in general, esports come from video games. Now, the only difference is that uh, these game titles that have been presented in in uh, in the Sea Games, in the Commonwealth, as an exhibition match, as well as the Asian Games, are video games that have been played on the professional manner as well as a competitive manner as well. So you don't see any video game titles just pop up becoming an esports title. So this Asian Games is very important as its first inclusion of having esports as a medal tally. This is an opportunity for for the sport to showcase the level of professionalism that is required and being displayed to to the mass public on why it's an actual sport itself. And I would say that the reason that probably people see it as such is also because um, people don't actually see the the amount of um, work being put into into the game to make it into a sport itself. And in, in no way I'm trying to blame the public of having such a kind of perception towards esports in such a manner. It's just that uh, probably they just didn't have a good understanding on how uh, how these so-called esports athletes are actually um, competing and also training in the same level or manner as sports. But of course, the difference is that, of course, we don't have that much physical um, amount of physical activities being placed within the sport itself, but it is a sport in its own in its in, in its own way. Now, Farouk, uh, you know, much joy, I imagine, among the teams, and because uh, it should be an occasion for a lot of public, uh, sorry, a national pride, right? But considering mm. we've reached such a high level, uh, is it true that there hasn't been much publicity given to the, the esports teams and their successes? And if so, why do you think it is? Um, yes, I think there's lack, a lack of um, publicity um, on the sport. And the reason for this is, I think if I look at it in a very optimistic manner, is because I think most of this, uh, beyond Malaysia, all these other countries also giving way for this broadcasting rights and, 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 and showcases to the other sports such as football, badminton, squash, or probably sports that are being placed in high number of viewership 
in their respective countries. Therefore, probably esports is not in at the top of the list when it comes to uh, when it comes to publicity. Um, but of course, when uh, when we had the opportunity to actually be in the finals with potentially bringing back home a goal for AOV a few days ago, um, the country that um, basically the, the country did uh, take a step in and decided that probably it would be great if we can actually broadcast this. And that was the step that was being made. And yeah, esports got showcased on national TV. And But of course, I think, I do hope that all the esports enthusiasts and fans don't take it too hard too much because you have to understand that this is the first inclusion of esports. These other conventional sports has been around for the longest time. Therefore, it would make sense why they would have better publicity compared to esports itself. So actually, let's talk about that. The fact that this was the first time uh, the Asian Games have had esports as a category. What are your mm. thoughts on um, the teams representing their country on the international stage? Because, I mean, how significant is it for players to be recognized as competitive athletes, to be sort of carrying that, you know, national flag? Um, it's a different feeling. Definitely a different, uh, definitely a different feeling because... Before having esports as inclusion included inside Asian Games, usually you would actually be part of private esports organization. You're not really represent, representing your country in tournaments, whether on a national level or regional level or even an international world level. So you don't really have that sense of country pride. You do have it a little bit, but it's not the same because right now you're not representing you're not just representing uh, your organization, but you are now carrying your country's name behind your back and you have the full support from the government, the Olympic Council, the National Sports Council, together with um, all, um, all relevant parties making all this happen to send you over to represent the country. Now, Farag, we understand that data is showing that every eSport event at the current Asian Games has sold out, uh, with over 5,000 supporters watching these events at the stadium. Can you talk to us about the support on the ground for eSports and how this might impact its inclusion in the future? I believe that the amount of support in, on ground really showcases the amount of interest of people towards the sport and with hopes that this would convince future um, future the countries who will be holding the upcoming Asian Games or even the Commonwealth Games and Sea Games would continue the tradition of having esports be included as a medal event uh, for these re respective events. So people know that that it's not just about playing video games. There is interest. We can fill up the whole Hangzhou um, esports center here and with hopes that we can also replicate the same performance here in the upcoming uh, events in the other countries. Hopefully the next one is definitely going to be Japan. Nagoya. So Farouk, I'm going to ask a noob question because I'm not someone who necessarily <laughs> follows esports. Um, what is it actually like to be a spectator of esports? I mean, paint a picture for us. What is it, you know, what's it like to be in the crowd? Wow. Um, I would say it is the same feeling that I have watching uh, badminton, Lee Chong Wei in action back in the days. Uh, it's it's that same feeling. Is that is that um, thunderous roars? Um, basically, you have this prideful moments, cheering, screaming at the top of your lungs for your national athletes. And even if you're not watching matches which involves your own country's athletes. Um, you still have that very prideful, uh, you're looking at athletes in action here, sports athletes in action. So it's a very, 
um, it's a very um, basically it's it's a great feeling out there. I know I'm, I'm at a loss of words. Okay, Basically, so, that's all I can say. So, so nothing like chess, as Andrew suggested. It doesn't have the same quality that watching a chess match, for instance. It's tough because chess is. Um, um, I play chess myself, so I think observing chess, you don't really hear those roars, and not because chess is not exciting. It's exciting in its own way. But for esports, we have those heated moments that will happen during the game itself, which would encourage the crowd, um, the crowd, the spectators to to cheer and you know and scream and all that. But compared to chess, last time I watched chess, I don't think you know I went nuts and screamed because we're not allowed to you know to be to be respectful to the chess players, uh, to the opponent as well. And you don't want to get kicked out on the venue. Of course, you can cheer and clap a little bit after the match ends. But during the game, yes, you're going to be hearing. Uh, loud cheers whenever there is, you know, some spectacular moments based on different game titles, you know? So... Esports and gaming, though, has been criticized in the past. Um, you know, numerous things, right? It's a waste of time. It can be an addiction. Um, you know, it creates isolation and so on. Will the success of the Malaysian team at this Asian Games help to change the perception of esports? Will it uh, help to maybe prove the seriousness of uh, what it can potentially be? Yes, it would definitely do that. But I don't think it would shift the perspective too much. It will take quite a while for us to switch status quo's of perception towards esports because I believe that there's a lot of uh, other negativity that is being brought together with esports. It's not that simple to change people's perspectives towards them. So uh, the best I can say is that it's a collective effort for uh, the athletes, the the entities, the organizations, the, the, the team managers, um, and the government to work together together with the community to work hand in hand in showcasing the positivity behind esports. And yes, I do acknowledge there are certain uh, negative perceptions are coming in for that and it being a waste of time. If you play the game without purpose, yes, it is definitely without a waste it is definitely a waste of time. But if you do have purpose, just like any sports athletes out there, welcome to esports. This is where professional professionalism plus competitiveness uh, join together and unite and become a sport. Now, Farouk, uh, we understand the government has supported uh, or continues to support esports. Now, how effective has government support been, and what else would you like to see them do? Oh wow! Um, I think the government has made a lot of effort to show their support with esports. In two thousand nineteen, they made esports as an official sport under Pasrojai Sukan PJS, and then they launched the National Esports Blueprint. And of course, we had a revision as well, which is called NESDAQ which further improves the current blueprint that we have for esports uh, with assistance from Esports Integrated. And all these efforts are working to, uh, towards uh, developing the esports industry within the nation. Um, I think what we're looking forward to right now is a proper system in place because I believe that there's a lot of work that needs to be done to, to, to show a proper system being made for esports. Right now, we're a little bit... Um, out of place in a lot of things. We still need to fix um, our methods in athlete selection. It's working, but I think with a proper system in place, looking into the long term and the long run, we're able to further improve the whole process and and definitely identify the right talents and also make the community happy with the whole process as well. And at the same time, also improvement in, in terms of um, 
uh, developing talents when it comes to commentators as well as hosts for esports event, and also educating the mass public on what esports is all about and what the sport has to offer when it comes to career opportunities beyond becoming a player or should I say an athlete in the sport itself so that people have a clear idea on what the sport has to offer. Farouk, thanks for speaking with us today. Yeah, you're most welcome. And thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. That was Mohammed Farouk Abdul Pata, president of the Malaysia Esports Players Association, weighing in on our silver medal win at the uh, Asia Games. First time esports has been featured there. Let us know. Do you agree with esports being included alongside physical sports? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Because friends matter. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.40. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We've been talking about esports because our Malaysian team uh, placed second and bagged the silver medal at the Asian Games under the Arena of Valor category. So first time that esports is being featured in the Asian Games at all. So needless to say, quite a big deal for us. Do weigh in. Do you agree with esports being included alongside physical sports. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a number of thoughts that have come in on this. Let's start with a voice note. This is from Arvin. Hey, Arvin here. So I really think that team uh, esports, in in some ways, it's still considered a sport simply because. Yes, it does lack the physical component of a sport, but it has everything else that a sport probably has, where you have teamwork, you have communication, you have strategizing. And it's not just about a bunch of people going online and trying to play a game. Everything that they do in the, in the, in the game itself is very coordinated, is very strategized. There is a reason for them to pick and even a character for their particular uh, their competition. And with everything that they pick and do, it has to be in tune with the entire team. So if you ask me, uh, I'm very proud of our country simply because uh, a small country is being able to challenge a lot of other countries in the world. And uh, we have to give our our athletes uh, the recognition that is required simply because it takes a lot of hard work to be this good at a sport. And our continued support will allow them to be better. And someday we will rank as probably world number one. Arvin, thank you for that. Um, I, I mean, I honestly don't know enough, but I think it is very encouraging to hear that uh, there's this kind of groundswell of support for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great uh, to hear that kind of bullishness about the future of esports uh, and Malaysia's ability to kind of perform on an international level. But there's another thing, I think maybe a false dichotomy around the question of kind of physical sports versus, you know, uh, esports, which uh, seems to lack the physical aspect. Because even the physical sports that we all know and love include uh, issues of mind, issues of mental agility the, and strategizing. The things that Arvind said, right? Strategizing Absolutely. and all. Yeah, so it's only that 
in this era, that in the, and in this particular sport, it is uh, you know more ex- accentuated. Um, though I must say, there is something tiring and physically demanding about sitting and being focused, uh, you know, on, uh, on a screen and everything that happens on it. Well, Michael is actually saying it's a sign of the times. Not too long ago, bowling and snooker were frowned upon as sports to be competed in multi-event sports events like the Sea Games or the Asian Games. That's actually a really interesting analogy because, yes, um, if you talk about if you think of traditional sport, and I'm really using this with air quotes here, um, as needing for you to be, I don't know, running around and exerting yourself, one might argue something like snooker doesn't necessarily operate in the same way, and yet it is now considered a sport. It might also be that you know one associates snooker with smoky bars, yes. uh, you know, <laughs> and, and hustling. But uh, well, there's also like croquet. I mean, how much of a sweat do you break? Or lawn bowling? I mean, you know. So I think those yardsticks are perhaps uh, inadequate at the end of the day. Well, Vimalan actually asking, um, I'm a 58-year-old man. Can I become a participant if I'm good enough? So Vimalan, uh, our guest, um, unfortunately, we ran out of time with him earlier, but we did put the question to Farooq. And Farooq replied to say, yes, most definitely. There is no age limit in esports and anyone with the abilities, discipline and skills can become an esports athlete. Which to me is, um, I mean, unlike most physical sports, um, I think that's an interesting divergence. Uh, diversion from what you would think of as capability, right? Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not trying to think hard about sports that are not so age-specific. I mean, there are sports where the, the peak performance tends to come very early on the life of the person, yes. but it's not true of all sports, well, right? Well, snooker or lawn bowls, for that matter, often tends to see older players continue to play well into their, well, well, in, well beyond just that early peak. So the so the croquet playing people of the world is it? No, I didn't say croquet. I did say <laughs> snooker. You must understand. I am very close to you in age, and so you know, there's a bit of ageism going on here. Vimal and Sharad might be looking for a teammate for his upcoming esports league. <laughs> yes, feel free to get in touch. Dota sounds thinking for me. <laughs> Dota two, Sharad. Dotage. Dota in my dotage. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yahya says esports is mostly about teamwork, decision making, and problem solving. Long gone is the era of button mashing. Mind even Angry Birds needs trigonometry calculations now. If the Sports Council recognizes it, recognizes it as an official game, why not? It is highly competitive. Yeah, it does seem to me that one should be more, well, take the attitude of being inclusive, that one, you know, you don't have to be a purist when it comes to these issues, that if if there is a, a movement on the ground, especially, and I was very taken by the fact that uh, esports draws so much attention from spectators and fans. And we know that in today's world with interactivity being at the kind of like top of the, the line in terms of what makes things successful, that kind can't be missing or missed rather on the part of you know sports events organizers they want people to come to see these events I just wanted to close off with um, a couple of people who are bringing up other things and going, well, if, why isn't that? If this is a sport, why isn't that? Or, you know, so Samuel is saying, if he questions is a sport where the animal does most of the work, why not esports? Meanwhile, Shariza says, why isn't chess part of the games? So let's not forget that People like Nicole David have been lobbying for years for something like squash to be included in the Olympics. Um, 
And so I think sometimes what makes it to be considered a quote-unquote sport in uh, these multi-sport games has very little to do with whether it's actually a sporting activity and a lot more to do with uh, lobbying and what host countries might want to champion and a whole host of other things that are more political, bureaucratic in nature. Yeah, it's absolutely true. So, the, you know, it's a shock and horror when I learned that uh, host countries could actually uh, eliminate a sport mm, because, yes. uh, you know, maybe it wasn't to their advantage. It didn't seem particularly sport-like, sportsman-like to do such things. Keep those thoughts coming. We're asking you whether you agree with esports being included alongside physical sports. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app. 